This is a Life Source Ministries teaching by Paul Drury. Be built up in your faith as you listen. We've been talking on suddenly, but we're slightly changing the direction of it. But we have been talking on, on, on suddenly. And um, last week we were looking at how God can fast track us. And that's what we were looking at last week. We got down to looking at that. And we looked at several um, examples in the Bible where God caused things to happen suddenly as in a fast track to get from one place to another. We looked at Philip and we were looking at Philip's life and saying that, you know what, God actually transported him, literally transported him from one place to another. And we were saying that how God can fast track your life to get you from one place to another. Um, and then we talked um, about Jesus and the disciples in the boat, how that they were in the boat in a storm. And then the Bible says immediately, no progress, no, or no process, no, you know, um, qu- they got there quickly. I mean, they were in a storm and the next thing they were at the shore. And I just looking at those amazing stories, they're suddenlies, because we've been sharing on suddenlies. Um, but they got there instantly. And I don't want to go back over all of that again this evening, but um, we, we did end up um, t- just, just getting down to talking about restoration. And I want to look a bit at restoration again this evening. You know what? You know what? We, we, we need to be believing God as believers for restoration in our lives. God is the God of restoration. The whole Bible's about restoration from start to finish. And um, I, I tell you, um, when God restores, it's actually better than it was before. Amen. Like you look at even, even with um, man and God's relationship with man. Do you know the relationship that we're going to have in eternity is going to be even better than what Adam had in the garden? Amen. It's going to be even better. We're going to dwell with God forever and forever and forever. You know, we have the Holy Ghost in us. We're new creatures. Let me tell you, we're children of God. I tell you something, we know the love of God as believers in a way that Adam, Adam didn't understand it that way. Because you think about it, it's like if somebody told you, you know what, I'd go to the end of the world for you. That's okay when it's just words. But when somebody actually does it for you, it's completely different. Do you know what? We're going to live forever looking at Jesus, the Lamb of God, forever and forever. And we're going to know what He done for us. We will we'll know His love, but we will also know we're here because we as human beings, as man in Adam, we messed up. And He came to our rescue. And because of Him we're saved. And I'm telling you, we're going to know the love of God in a way of experience because He came to our rescue forever and forever and forever. It's hard to put that into words. You know what? We're going to dwell with God forever. We're going to be in glorified bodies forever and forever. It's amazing. But you know what that is? That's restoration. So God thinks restoration. He came to our rescue and he came to restore us. Once we receive him, let me tell you, once you receive Jesus, it's, it's, a, it's a process of restoration. That's what the renewing of the mind is about. You know, it's just, it's just how God thinks. That's why our life gets better when Jesus comes in. Why? Because we're on that process of restoration. Amen. Now, let me just start here this evening. I want to look at, um, I want to look and, and look for a moment and just show you here again. Look, this is look four. And um, talking about Jesus here. And we looked at this story last week as well, ending here, how that Jesus, remember they were going to throw him off a cliff after he said all of this. They weren't too happy. 
They actually were angry. Uh, but Jesus, the Bible says, he just like walked through the midst of them and just kept going. Whatever that was, we were looking at it. You know, it was either a, another translation or it was just like they could not touch him. They could not put a hand on him and he just went through the middle. But this is what he went to do. He proclaimed this and they weren't happy. But then he went on in his ministry, ministering to people. Now, look what it says here. Look for in verse 18. It says here, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Do you see, the anointing is, the anointing destroys the yoke, the Bible says. And really the anointing is that yoke destroying power. It'll destroy yokes off people's lives, whether that's um, sickness or depression or fear or any of those kind of yokes. I mean, t- let me tell you, Jesus is in the business of destroying yokes, anything that binds us. He can give us our freedom back, give us our joy back, give us our peace back. Amen. And then it says, um, he has anointed me, look at this here, to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, when it talks about poor here, it's talking about uh, uh, being a beggar. And so really what it's talking about here is poverty, spirit, soul, and body. Anything that has us like bankrupt. Do you know, before we got saved, we were spiritually bankrupt. And what did Jesus, he came to restore our relationships back, our relationship back to the Father. He, he renews our mind. Amen. He, the Bible says he restores our soul. So he's in the business of, of ministering. Do you see any hurt that there's been in our life, like in our emotions or any of those kind of things throughout our life? I'm telling you, he can restore that hurt. He or restore that back to, it's like back to factory settings kind of a thing. That's what he does. And praise God, he can restore in the physical realm as well when it comes here to poverty. Uh, and many you know, God will increase your life as well. God will bless your life financially. Look after you, take care of you, cause your life to advance. You know, you can come to God poor and he can increase you financially. See, God is in the business. Jesus was in the business of setting people free. God hates poverty. He hates it. Doesn't matter what, spirit, soul or body, he hates that mentality. And he can break that off of our lives. Now, I know people go to a ditch many times and they become money-minded. That's not what we're talking about. But I tell you, and many know poverty is not a good thing. Poverty is a curse. But greed's not a good thing either. You know what? Having a, having, um, a liberal heart and having um, prospering with a liberal mentality, that's the kind of prosperity that our God is into. I mean, you know our God's, he's rich. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Amen. When God shows up, he even shows up with like, you know, precious stones under his feet. You know, when you look in heaven, there's gold everywhere. God's not against wealth. If you have a problem with poverty, you're going to have a difficult time when you go to heaven. It'll take you a while (laughs) to get used to seeing precious stones and stuff like that. Heaven is a rich place. Poverty's an awful thing. But then many times people took prosperity to extremes and they took advantage of people and uh, it all became about money. Uh, you know, we're all about souls. We're all about seeing people trained up, finding their call, finding, finding their destiny. But many you know that even takes um, money in publishing the gospel. You can't buy a soul, but you, it takes money just to do the work of the ministry. Amen. 
Um, and then it, it says here, look, it says, And he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. The, when it talks here about heal the brokenhearted, it's talking about being crushed completely, shattered in pieces. Do you know, there's a lot of people who have had their heart broken in life. There's a lot of people who have went through experiences that really, like, they look okay on the outside, but it broke something on the inside. How many people are broken on the inside? They're broken in their heart. They're broken in their emotions. They're, they're broken in their, how they relate to people. And they're, they're just broken. They put up, there's a million barriers that they put up when they get into certain situations. But I'm telling you, Jesus is anointed to shatter that off a person's life. And cause them to be able to have relationships with people. And to be bold and not let stuff that happened in their past stop them going on into their future. So many people have been shattered in their emotions. And that they're to preach deliverance to the captives. That is freedom to the prisoner. There's a lot of people are held prisoner. You know, before we got saved, we were, we were a prisoner to the sin nature. But you know what? There's a lot of people are, are a prisoner to things in their life that control them as well. Addictions, habits. But I'm telling you, in Jesus... He, he, can, he can put that back to the way it is meant to be. Break that bondage off a person's life. Amen. He can break those addictions for QVC and <laughs> all them things, all them badness and that. <laughs> um, but he can, he can, anything that binds us, that holds us a captive, that chains us and stops us from enjoying the freedom um, that Jesus came to give us. You know what? Jesus came to break that off of people's lives. Praise God, whether it's sickness or whether it's um, mindsets, whether it's experiences in life. Praise God. And recovery of sight to the blind. You know, you're looking at health or healing, wholeness. Praise God for changing our bodies. Amen. Them that are bruised. And the sad at liberty, them that are bruised. Bruising again, it's, it's talking about, you know, um, being downtrodden. It's talking about bruise being crushed by a tragedy. Sometimes people have things happen in their life and it crushes them. An event that crushes them, they don't seem to recover from it. But I'm telling you, God is in the business of restoration. He'll restore. Praise God. That's why you find scriptures to do with whatever you face in life. There's a scripture for every problem. And what you do is you meditate on it until, you, until it goes off on the inside of you. And out of that word, it starts producing life by the Spirit of God that starts actually setting you free. Do you know what? There was areas in my life when I came to, to God that I was, I was bound. There's so many areas in my life whenever I got saved that I was bound. And yes, I got saved and my spirit became new. But this here up here, I had problems. There was... There was things that I experienced that, that, um, that crushed me, that hurt me. Words that had been said over the years from people and complexes and all of these kind of things. And it's just limiting what I could do in life. But you know what? There's a word for it. There's a word that will counteract that and actually set you free. And Jesus is anointed to set people free and to bring people back to restoration so that we can be all God's called us to be and not be a rack. You know, it's like if you, if you, if you had a car accident, you can get your car restored. And it's back to 
to the way it used to look. It's, it's been fixed. And the way they can restore cars now is amazing. Well, do you know what? You don't have to live your life a car wreck for the rest of your life because of an event that happened in your life. Saying, oh, you know, well, well do you know what? This happened to me in 1983. Stuff 1983. What about go back further and go to the, go to the cross? Death, burial, and resurrection and go back there and say, Jesus set me free. Amen. And I'm not going to live with the, the, this, the front of my car bashed in and the side bashed in and the, the light doesn't work and everything's broke. <clears throat> Praise God. Jesus is a wonderful repairman. Amen. Amen. He can restore. He can restore relationships. He can restore relationships that have been damaged, that have been bruised. He can restore, like even with husband and wife, you know, um, things that have happened or things that happened in the past, words that have been said. He can restore all that. It can actually end up your marriage, your relationship can be better than it ever was. Even though all of that happened, I'm telling you, never underestimate the grace of God. Receive grace into your home, into your marriage. Receive the goodness of God, goodness you do not deserve into your own life. It overspills into your marriage, into your relationship with people, to where things that happened in the past don't control. Actually, it, it doesn't, it's like, it's, it's not that it didn't happen, but you know what? Grace allows you to deal with it and to move on and even go into better days. It's powerful. Jesus knows how to fix things. He knows how to get the job done. Amen. And then uh, down here, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Praise God, as we said last week, that is Jubilee. Thank God for Jubilee. Jubilee is amazing. Because in Jubilee, you get back what was stolen. Let me tell you, Jesus is in the business of getting back for you what was stolen from you. That's what Jubilee is. Jesus just didn't walk about and float about and glow and all. He went restoring people's lives everywhere he went. Everyone who came in contact with Jesus by faith, they were impacted by him. The anointing that was on him flowed into their life. And I'm telling you, he hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Jeremiah there it talks about restoration. Just when Jesus talked, uh, talked about healing there, let me tell you, thank God for restoration in the body. Amen. I will restore health unto you and heal your wounds. Amen. Praise God for Helen sitting here this evening. Amen. Now, done great this year for someone to say that was... On the way out. <laughs> Praise God for health. That was it, yeah? Yeah? I will restore. See, there's a scripture for every problem. I will restore health unto you and heal your wounds. One of my favorite verses. Praise God for restoration in health. So God can sort things out. God can can change things. God can accelerate things. Amen. He can bring change. Praise God. What a wonderful God that we do serve. Amen. Um, let me just look on there to just Leviticus there for a second because this is talking about Jubilee here. I'm not gonna, you could read through Leviticus. I don't want to get bogged down on, on all, all of it this evening looking through everything. But in Leviticus 25, it does talk about the year of Jubilee. And um, when Jubilee went off, it was joy. There was a sound of joy. Why? Because on Jubilee, you got back what was stolen from you. 
You got back. Would you seen leave your life? Here it's coming back on Jubilee. That's what Jubilee is. Amen. Actually, when it says to, the, the, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, uh, I called this out last week as, as well. In the Amplified, it says to proclaim the, acceptable, the, the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. That's what that means. That's what Jubilee is. Where the free favors of God profusely abound. You know, but we live in, we live with Jesus as our jubilee. We don't have to wait, you know, when's the 50th year. We're not under the law. We're under Jesus. He is our jubilee. Amen. Leviticus 25. And in verse 10 it says, And you shall hallow the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be a jubilee. Unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possessions, and ye shall return every man unto his family. It's talking about because people, many times when they were in debt, they were sold into slavery to pay off the debts and all of those kind of things. Um, Jubilee was on the Day of Atonement, it was the year of rest. Praise God. It was the 50th year, and on that 50th year, you proclaimed Jubilee. And everything started afresh. All mortgages were cancelled. All servants released. All bondages of men annulled. Debts were forgiven. And lands reverted to the original owners. What is Jubilee's restoration? Amen. God's in the business of restoring. Thank God for restoration. Amen. It's a wonderful principle that you see all through the Word of God. I know in our world today, they're talking about the Great Reset and all of them kind of things. That's a, 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 a human thing. But I'm telling you, God can reset. God has a reset button. And you know, we need to believe God when we see things leave our life or relationships not the way they should be. Do you know what? Believe God for restoration. God can restore back to better than it ever was. Never underestimate God's grace. Never underestimate the anointing of God. How it can shatter things that have held people. Mindsets shatter them. And things can be restored. Amen. Praise God. Oh, God is... God's amazing. Look, look here um, in Psalm 69 and verse 4. This was Jesus talk, uh, talking about Jesus actually. They that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs on my head. It says, they that would destroy me being mine enemies wrongfully are mighty. Do you know Jesus quoted that there. He said that they hated me without a cause. But look at this here with Jesus talking about Jesus. Then I restored that which I took not away. Do you know Jesus doesn't take it away, but Jesus will restore. Amen. Amen. You know, you can have something taken from your life, but Jesus knows how to restore it back. Praise God. And it's important to know that Jesus came to restore. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me look at this here, just looking at our years. Has any has ever had years of your life that seemed to be robbed from your life? Things that were taken. Relationships out of your life that were taken. Um, or wasted years. Sometimes people can just be as like um, 
Donna's brother Jason was sharing last night, and he was just talking about, you know, that how he, uh, in his Christian walk, even though he was saved, but he was just coasting. There was years in his life where he wasn't really focused on really going after the call of God upon his life. They're, they're wasted years. We can all have wasted years in our lives to where we just weren't on the ball. Or, or you know, sometimes people get saved later in life. You know, they get saved maybe when they're 50 or 60 years of age and they think, you know what, I've wasted so many years. I may know God can restore the years that the locusts have eaten. Now, when you talk about having years restored, it doesn't necessarily mean that all of those years he's going to give you those years again. What it means is this. Do you see what you would have accomplished in those years? God can condense that and cause you to accomplish a lot in a short space of time. God can concentrate things. Amen. That's why when I was talking about, you know, um, those instances of transportation in the Bible, they caused you to cover a lot of ground in a short space of time. Amen. God can cause you to be fast-tracked. God can cause you to accomplish a lot in a short space of time. You know, there was one time Donna had asked me to go and get something for her in the, in the, in the shop. It was, it was different things, but she had asked me to get juice. And so I came back with this, my Wadi juice. And so Donna made up the juice. And then when she drunk it for the kids, no, making it up for the kids, and Donna likes it too. And Donna likes it strong, okay? Okay. Uh, I usually, if I, take, if I was to take juice out of the fridge, I usually pour half of it and then I, I water it down even more. That's just, I don't like it too strong. Donna likes it strong. But Donna made it the way she normally made it. And she took one mouthful. What is that? I didn't realize. I just seen the bottle and I just took the bottle. It was concentrated. It was like the big bottle. There was enough in it all condensed into a smaller bottle. But what was in this would accomplish, would fill up the same amount of bottles that was in this. No, the big one. Well, that's what God does when he restores. You see, God can make your years condensed and cause you to accomplish a lot in a short space of time. Do you know what? We need to believe God for our years and our time to be condensed years. Do you know what? I, I believe we're in the end days. You know what, it could be a hundred years before Jesus comes back, but I, I truly believe we're in end days. But you know what, there's other people before me said the same thing. But I do just based on world events and looking at, at the world and through the eyes of Scripture, I believe we're very close to the end. But I believe in our years that we have left that we can accomplish a lot in a short space of time. You know, Jesus lived a condensed life. Like you look at Jesus' ministry, three years. That was it. Three years, three and a half years of ministry. And at the end of the book of John, it says that the, if you were to write everything that Jesus did, there wouldn't be a library big enough to hold what he did. You know, we only have a few of the miracles of Jesus actually in the Word of God. There's not many. There's a selected few that are actually tell you what they were, the woman with the issue of blood and different ones. You know, but then you read and it'll tell you Jesus healed them all. Imagine all of them stories as well. Imagine everything that you, we don't, we don't have everything that Jesus done in those three and a half years. We just have 
what the Holy Ghost put down for us so that we would have faith. Amen. Those, those scriptures were put in, those stories that were put in by the Holy Ghost. But I'm telling you, Jesus lived a very short life. Amen. He lived short and died in the prime of his life. But he did it for us so that we could have a long life. Amen. Amen. But he, he done a lot in a short space of time. It was like he had that mawadi. There were what would take anybody else hundreds of years to accomplish. Jesus done it in three and a half years. Amen. That's why it's so important to live your life under the influence of the Holy Ghost. And to be led and guided by the Holy Ghost. God can condense your years. And cause you to accomplish a lot. See when you talk about restoring years. It's not necessarily that he's going to get, say you lost 10 years. And say I'll give you those 10 years back. No what you would accomplish in those 10 years. God can cause you to accomplish that in the years that you have ahead of you. Amen. Believe God for condensed years, effective years. Look, God can do things. God can change things. God can something that was meant to take years. God can shorten that process down to six months. Didn't He do it when He turned the water into wine? You know, and it wasn't even that it was just wine. It said it was fine. The best wine. Do you know what? To get the best wine, it takes years to actually get the vine in the condition to produce the grapes to start with. Because you have like something like, um, I studied it out one time, it was something like about, I think the first seven years or something like that, it was the, the grapes were sour. So you're, you're, you're just, the, the tree is, or the vine is, is developing, and once it does start to produce, the grapes aren't the best at the start, but it takes time, and through time then they become sweeter. And then if you want fine wine, do you know wine gets better with, with age? Many of you call yourself fine wine, it's just me. <laughs> I'll say I'm fine wine, I'm getting better with age. But, do you know, it takes years to have fine wine, to have the best wine. That takes years. Jesus done a miracle where he turned water into wine. And those years that it would have took for to have that fine wine, it was like that. What's that? That's accelerating the process. That's condensing the time. Praise God. God can condense your years. And cause you to accomplish a lot in a short space of time. Let me tell you, God is in the business of restoration. Look here in Joel chapter 1 verse 4. It says, That which the palmer worm hath left, hath the locust eaten. And that which the locust hath left, hath the canker worm eaten. And that which the canker worm hath left, hath the caterpillar eaten. That's like, you know, it's like, vroom, the top part's off, vroom, 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 and everything's gone. That's when like, there was nothing left. It was like one coming in after another until you were left with nothing. It was like, boom, that's gone. You're thinking to yourself, oh, well, at least there's still some. No, it was like it was all gone. That's being left with absolutely nothing. That's all like working hard to see a, a harvest laboring and all of your work and it's gone. You're watching all of your efforts gone. But look in Joel chapter 2. 
and verse 23 it says be glad then ye children of Zion and rejoice in the Lord your God for he hath given you the former rain moderately and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former and the latter rain. Look at this in the, in the first month. That's the former and the latter rain. That's together. Do you know what? We're believing for that with a move of the Holy Ghost. May you know the Holy Ghost falls like rain. Amen. And we're believing God for an end time harvest. To where it's going to happen quickly and a big harvest is going to come in. And we're going to see that, praise God. That's where I'm believing to see that in my lifetime. But here's what happened. It caused fruit to come. It says, and the floor shall be, look at that, full of wheat. And the vat shall be full of wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years. Look at that, that the locusts have eaten. Let me tell you, God can restore your years. Amen. Anything that's been stolen from you, any time that has been stolen from you, believe God to get it all back. Everything that you would have accomplished in that time, believe God to get it all back. Amen. Praise God. Look over in Ephesians for a second here. Here it's talking about, you know, time that you, you, you waste. You know, just by, uh, just by cruising in your Christian walk. Just by not being focused. Or, you know, just years wasted. Being carnal or even before you got saved, the years that you wasted. As a Christian, sometimes, sometimes people just get into a rut. Or they, they just, um, you know, it starts off small. And, you know, the Bible says, watch out for the, the little leaven. Because it just a wee bit gets in and it just spreads. And I know it's using it there for legalism. But many times it can be like that whenever sometimes when a bit of leaven gets in where we just start, you know what, I won't go to church tonight. And then it's, it's the next thing you, you realize you haven't been in church in ages. Or do you know what, you know what, you don't have to do these things. You know what, you don't have to pray. I'm just going to, I'm going to watch a box set tonight. And there's nothing wrong with watching TV. I love I love, I love watching something, a good film, or I can't wait to this um, Obi-Wan series comes out, you know, because I love Star Wars, and I'll watch that, and I'll enjoy that. But you know, and I love all of those things, and I enjoy it. But that's a, there has to be a balance of that, the word doesn't take away from your relationship with God. But you know what, there's sometimes people just, bit by bit, and the next thing, they're asleep. And they're not even tuned into the things of God when the once were absolutely in fire for God now they're just a shell of their old self but you know how many of you know God is so loving and gracious and I'm telling you he just loves us so much that he just keeps abounding towards us with his grace and you can be back on fire serving God better than you ever were you can actually end up accomplishing more in, your, in the years ahead than you ever did before do you know, do you know what, do you, when you see people who once served God and who don't serve God today or once were lit for Jesus and they're, not, they're just not the same person they used to be in the things of God. Yes, they still are a laugh and a joke and all of those kind of things and you can have good fun with them, whatever, but they are not the person that they used to be. They're not the, on fire for God the way they used to be. Never write them off because I tell you, one encounter with Jesus could change everything. You know, what, it just, you know what turned me on? One of the things that turned me on to, to the things of God, God, when I woke up and started thinking about God, I was watching Sister Act. Sister Act! Whoopee! One of the most liberal women on the planet. 
But I'm telling you, do you see when they sung that song, I will follow him. Follow him wherever he may go. I broke down crying. I, I didn't know what was going on. I was wondering what's going on here. One encounter with God. I will follow him. And I started to think about that. You know, God, if I was ever to follow you, I'd follow you all the way. I wouldn't be a half-hearted Christian. I'd be in it the whole way. That's the way I started thinking. And I'm telling you, one encounter with God changed everything. You don't know when someone's sitting watching something or flicking through the stations and they come on to someone ministering and that one word is the thing that wakes them up and they go, do you know what? I used to be in fire for God. I'm getting back to what I used to be and the next thing they're in and they're serving God again. I can remember a minister talking about how that, you know, the, uh, uh, um, he was given a testimony of this other minister. He was given the testimony and he was, he was saying that there was this minister who was a pastor, you know, a minister, was, had a real effective ministry. But whatever happened, he, he ended up out of the ministry. He got away from preaching. And you know what? He got away from everything. He, he, he lost a lot of stuff in his life. And he was clearing out a drawer in his house and he took out this tape and he went to wonder what's on that and he stuck it and he pressed play. And this man was preaching and it took him a second to realize, he says, that's me. That's me preaching. And he sat and listened and he says, and I can't remember one thing that I said, that's how far he had got away. But he was blown away by the revelation of God that he had at that time. And at that one tape, snapped him out of where he was and he ended up back in the ministry serving God. Praise God. God can restore the years that the locusts have stolen. Amen. Look at this here. Wherefore I say, awake thou that sleeps, arise from the dead. This is talking about a carnal Christian. A Christian is not dead, they're alive. Okay. It talks about the unsaved as being dead. Okay, we were dead in trespasses and sins. Not anymore. But you know what? A, a Christian can be asleep among the dead. In other words, they're not in good company anymore. They're not, they're not surrounded by believers and iron sharpens iron and we're staying encouraging one another and we're, you know, we're going forward provoking one another on in the things of God. No, they've stayed away from the encouragement. They've stayed away from the move of God. They've stayed away from the word. And the next thing they're in round the world. And that's not, we, our mission is the world. It's not our company that we run with. Amen. You know, the disciples, they went to their own company. Your own company is believers. Is believers that encourage your faith. The world, we love the world. We we family that aren't saved. And you know what? And we love them and we, we're, we reach out to them. And you know, we're not always preaching or any of those things. We befriend, love, all of those things. But the world's our mission field. They're not where we, where we make our bed. Yeah. Amen. But what happens is when we get away from the things of God, we can become asleep with the dead. The way you... you you know, you can't tell the difference. There's no fruit. You know, if we came into a room and you stood from a distance and you looked into a room and it's full of dead people and there's one person alive, you would find it hard to find that one person alive if they're asleep among the dead. You'd have to, unless it was Donna, because you'd hear her snoring. But anyway, <laughs> but if they're, if they're a light sleeper, no, uh, uh, not, a, uh, not a noisy sleeper like Donna. <laughs> 
Alexis had to sleep with, uh, in with Donna the other night because she, she, she wasn't feeling the best the other night. And she slept in beside Donna and she went, I didn't realise how loud Mummy snored. <laughs> You'd find Donna in there no problem, okay? But you know what, if somebody's just sleeping, it is hard. <laughs> it would be hard to find them among the dead. You know, it's one of them films, one of them war films, I think it might be Saving Private Ryan or something like that. There's, there's a scene, I can't remember the film itself, but I know there was a scene where everybody was dead, but this one person, he crawled in among the dead people and he just lay like possum and waited till the troops all went through. And then he, he opened up his eyes and looked around, but he was, what was it? Was it? It was one of the war films with, um, we've probably done it in a couple of the films, but you know, I just, I just remember, that, I just thought that's a great analogy for asleep among the dead. Let me tell you, when you're on fire for God, there's life about you. It's very easy to notice a live person. As we're up moving, there's movement, there's life about us. And you know what? In the things of God, we don't need to be stagnant. In the move of God, we need to be fresh and full of Jesus, amen, full of the things of God and excited about the things of God. I tell you, there's nothing more beautiful than someone on fire for Jesus. It just does my heart good. And I'll tell you, I love seeing young people on fire for God, amen. But look at this here. It says, um, see then that you walk circumspectly. Not as fools. In other words, get back on track. Look at this, redeeming the time. Redeeming is talking about, you know, you, you, know, you, you buy back. Let me tell you, God can get your years back. God can, you see a time that you lose asleep among the dead? You get turned on to God, you can end up accomplishing more in a very short space of time. Praise God, never live your life thinking, you know what, when you do get turned on to God, you know, for anybody that's at that place, you know, and thinking, you know, that's it, God could never use, God can use your life more than he ever did before. You know, there's this saying, you know what, a, a, a bird with a broken wing, you know, after it's healed, can never fly as high again. You ever hear that saying? And people bring that in and then say, you know what, if somebody was walking with God and then they got off the path, they're like a, broker, a bird with a broken wing. I could preach religious too if I wanted. <laughs> yes, they'll make it to that heavenly abode. But they've done so much damage to their life. You know, and all this that they'll never... Don't underestimate God's grace. Amen. 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 God can take a person that was an absolute rack, wasted their life, even as a Christian were on fire and got off track and made a mess of things. Let me tell you, God's grace can turn a person's life completely around and cause them to be more effective. Let me tell you, we're dealing with not the vet fixing a bird's wing. We're dealing with Jesus who can destroy yokes off of people and give you back everything that was lost and cause you to be effective. Amen. Now, let me just look at this verse here, and um, I want to call out one story, and we'll close this evening. Look at this here, Isaiah 42 and verse 22. 
It says here, but this is, the, the, is a people robbed and spoiled, and they are of them snared in holes, and they are hid in prison houses, and they are for a prey, and none delivereth. Look at why. Because none say, restore. You know, somebody needs to say, restore. Somebody needs to be a person of faith that just comes and says, you know what, Jesus, you're the restorer and I thank you for restoration in my life. You'll not experience restoration in your life until you take a hold of it by faith and say that, Jesus, you are my jubilee and I thank you for restoration in my life, whatever area that is. Look, we've all been stolen from in our lives in different arenas. We've all had wasted years, wasted time, wasted, you know, experiences, you know, wasted time with different things. You know, we've all had that in our life. None of us are perfect. But I'm telling you, you see, when you wake up to it, start drawing from Jesus the Restorer. And call it out and say, ah, thank you for restoration. Do you know what? I, there's things I've been believing God for. And we have in, in our life. And you know what? But we, we're, we've laid hold on that. And we are expecting. There's areas in our life we're expecting restoration. We live with that awareness. I'm expecting it. Praise God, whether it's in health or whether it's in finances or whether it's in situations, whether it's time lost. There's, there's things that, that we had bumps in the road and, um, you know, it, it, it looked like it slowed things down even in ministry and different things. It looked like it slowed things down. But I'm telling you, God can speed things up. God can get you to a place quickly. I just live without awareness. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to finish with this story. In 2 Kings chapter 8, and I'm not going to be long here, but do you remember the Shunammite woman? Yeah. Do you remember, um, she, she's already experienced restoration. This was a woman who, remember she built the wee chamber onto the house, and you know when Elijah came past, and um, she, she made a place for him to stay, and she hosted the move of God. And then he said, what can we do for this woman? And it ended up, this woman had, had the ability to have children, and you know what, and then she ends up having a child. And um, a miracle child. But then we know the story where that child ended up dying. And she brought the child to Elijah. And you know what? Every time she was asked, you know what? How's things? She'd just say, oh, it is well. Praise God. Everything's grand. God's, everything's good. He came and he raised that child again from the dead. So this woman has experienced restoration, okay? This is after this event. And this is an event where um, there was a famine um, coming upon the land. And Elisha, he goes to the woman here in verse, in verse 1, it says, Then spake Elijah unto the, or Elisha, sorry, unto the woman, whose son he had restored to life. And he said to her to, to, you know, to, to leave because, you know, there's a famine coming on the land. And what happened was she leaves and she goes into the, uh, uh, the Philistine lands and she goes there for seven years. So she leaves everything that she has. And she leaves and she goes off for seven years. Now after seven years, and all of this time the famine's going on, after seven years, she returns. And she says that she's going to go and see the king. And she's going to cry unto the king for her house and her land and all of these things. Because it was gone during that seven years. She's got up and left. Others have come in. And in verse 4, look at this here. And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, look at this, 
Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha has done. So this woman is leaving the Philistine lands and she says, I'm going to go to the king and I'm going to ask the king for all of my stuff. But what's happening with the king is the king's sitting talking to Gehazi and he's asking Gehazi, you know, tell me about Elisha and all of the great things that he has done. Amen. And it says here, and it came to pass as he was telling the king how that he had restored a dead body to life. That behold the woman whose son he had restored to life. She walks in and starts crying unto the king for her land. What a setup. Mm. Amen. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, look at this. This is the woman and this is the son who Elijah restored to life. Do you know what? God knows how to set things up. Do you know what? It's not our job. To figure it all out. That is not our job. Amen. Our job is just to cry out, restore. Amen. Our job is just to believe in the God of restoration. This woman came asking for her stuff back. That's what she gets you. She said, everything that was lost, I'm coming and I'm getting it back. And so she went to the king. And, um, and as she's talking to the king, there's Gehazi telling the king all about this woman. And who walks in only this woman what a setup amen and it says here look, look here verse 6 it says and when the king asked the woman she told him look at this so the king appointed unto her a certain officer saying restore all that was hers and all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land even until now. I would call that restoration. Amen. God's a God of restoration. But she didn't just come in and say, oh well, you know what I may get myself a tent. No, she came in and said, I'm getting all of my stuff back. I'm getting my land back. I'm getting my house back. I'm getting it all back. Amen. Amen. And look at this here. There was a famine in the land, you know, for seven years. How well was she going to do over these, those seven years with her land? She wasn't going to do well. She was doing better where she was. Because at least she was, there was no famine there and she was able to live. It mightn't, have been, it mightn't have been as good as what it was when everything was good at the house before the famine. But you know what? God still looked after. She had a word from God. She went on that word from God. God looked after, took care of her, got her out of that situation. She missed all the famine. But when she came back, let me tell you, God got back for her everything that was stolen. What a setup. Let me tell you, you don't know who's talking about you tonight. You don't know who, who is going to be that person in a person's ear that is going to open up a door for you. Amen. Do you know, I know even in preaching, do you know many times places where I have went and preached, you know what it was? Somebody said, have you heard of Paul? I don't even know they're having the conversation and the next thing I get a call, would you come and minister for us? Amen. Amen. Or someone say, you know, I got one of your CDs, would you come and minister for us? And I'm like, praise the Lord. Amen. Yes, absolutely. You don't know who's talking about you. You don't know the setups that God has. This woman said, I'm going back and I'm getting back everything. And you know what? God already had the conversation there. That's what you call a divine appointment. That didn't happen by chance that he was talking and in came the woman at the exact same time. 
You know, we had it over our wedding. There was money that we were owed. We didn't even know it was owed for us. And we walked into an accountant's office. And I'm telling you, we ended up talking to a different guy than we came to see. God stalled that other meeting that the guy was in for us so that we would meet this guy who ran the firm. And he took out my file and he said, you know that you are owed money. Well, we were, that money that we were owed, the other guy told me, I'm going to scrap your file and we are going to start a new file. That meant that it was £6,000. That £6,000 was being scrapped and we're starting afresh. Well, thank God God had set up. Now, whenever we walked in, instead of meeting that guy, he was stalled and we met a different guy. Do you know what? God can set up a meeting for you. God can set up. Amen. You know, sometimes we, we just complicate things. That's why it's, it's important just to look to God. Let God. There's some things you have to let God sort out. There's other things God will use you in the process, even consciously. But you know what? There's times you just need to trust God, that God is working everything out. And you just pray and believe Him. Amen. Praise God. We'll leave it there this evening. Amen. Lord, we just... We just love you tonight, Lord, and just thank you, Lord God, just for our time around the Word this evening, Lord, and just time with each other, just fellowship and one with another this evening, Lord God. I just thank you, Lord God, for this time, Lord, and for in all of our lives, Lord God. Lord, I thank you that we are on that track of restoration, Lord God. I thank you, Jesus, you are our restorer. Lord, I thank you there's relationships that need to be restored. And I thank you for those relationships restored, Lord God. Lord, there's, there's finance, Lord God, and things that have been stolen from us, Lord God, that needs to come back to us, Lord God. Lord, we just thank you, Lord God. We just, we just thank you. You're our restorer. There's, there's areas where we've been hurt or damaged, Lord God, or just crushed through life, through experiences, Lord God. I thank you that you're our restorer, Lord God. Thank you for restoration of our soul. So, Lord God, I just thank you. I just praise you, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord God. We're going to see great testimonies, Lord God. Yes. And hear great testimonies of the great setups that you have orchestrated for us, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for the conversations that are going on behind our back. Yeah. Setting us up for restoration, Lord. Lord, they're good conversations. Thank you, Lord, for those conversations of people talking behind our back, Lord. <laughs> we praise you, Lord God. Amen. And we thank you. Restoration is ours. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to this teaching by Paul Drury. Our vision at Life Source Ministries is to reveal Jesus' love and grace to all generations. To stay up to date with the ministry, like Life Source Ministries on social media, or visit our Facebook page. Contact us with any questions, or if you would like Paul to minister for you, email lifesourceministries1 at gmail.com. That is Life Source Ministries, followed by the number one at gmail.com.